you know my hair's been getting a little longer. I don't wanna don't wanna brag, but um apparently I now have this style of hair that's commonly referred to as a man bun. You're familiar with this, Ty? Uh, I may have heard of it. <laughs> it's, it's 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 become a pretty big part of the of the zeitgeist, uh, you know, in recent years. Probably the past ten years or so, right? I wonder when the first iteration of the yeah, I'd say ten years or less, probably. So now I have a quote unquote a man bun, I guess. Uh, although it's I, I don't know, I don't have enough hair to be a bun. It just kind of tie it up so it doesn't fall on my fucking eyes. But like, it's really gotten me thinking because I also listen to podcasts where they have to promote stuff, and there's also. Uh, a, a company called Manscaped. Have you heard of them? I have. So yeah, Manscaped. Uh, so that way, you know, guys can can trim their nether regions. That's it. I like, I guess like men do. I don't know. Well, I mean, like, I mean, not to get into too much detail, but you can you can have some accidents while you're while you're trimming down there, and they they specifically make tools that will prevent that from happening. Oh, okay, so. Promoted by Manscaped. Use the code Politipop to get 10% off your first. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> you know, honestly, if they hear this and they're like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll, it. take it. we'll take it. I'll talk about Manscaped every day. Cash. Oh, that's good. To, do you use Manscaped or no? Uh, it's, just aware it's, of been in, it's been in my, uh, my zeitgeist for a while, but I haven't actually pulled the trigger on purchasing it. I mean, I just hear about it because, you know, I'm a huge podcast listener. Right, so. right. I mean, that's where um, I first heard about it, and then it got me thinking, so I checked out their <laughs> website, and I was like, wow, this is really fucking expensive, but it sounds really good, so. Yeah, I've uh, I've also, I've had accidents, I'll say it, you know, using clippers that are meant for my scalp and accidentally, you know, nicking down there, it's not a fun time, I'll say that. Uh, but also, there's another company called Man Bands. Do you know what Man Bands are? They're bands for your man bun? They're actually uh, wedding rings oh. for men. <laughs> okay. And there's also, uh, there was one more, I think there's like man soap or something like that. I don't know if it's called man soap, but like you see all these advertisements, especially like on YouTube and stuff. And it's just, I don't know, like I've really started to notice just how insecure men are in their masculinity that it's a whole marketing strategy to be like, are you marrying your wife like a pussy? How about you get a real ring? Like, what the fuck? Like, what are you talking about? Or are you tying up your hair? It's a man bun. Like, it's just a bun. Like, right, hair right. doesn't hair doesn't have a gender. <laughs> like, I, you know, they're just they're trying to make guys feel more comfortable about it because I I remember about four years ago, a couple of uh, people at my job started wearing their hair like that, and my my store manager at the time. Uh, who's like definitely like an old school, you know, macho man. And he was not like, he was macho not. He just walk around talking like that. It was like fucking annoying. <laughs> We're trying to work I'm here, sure. man. Um, no, but he, he was like really like weird about it. He'd always make fun of them. He wouldn't like, if you interviewed someone with that hair, he'd be like, oh, you're not going to bring them on board. Right. Like he would literally like be that, that extra about it. And uh, wow. I think he was just really insecure, you know, like, and he didn't have a whole lot of hair. So I'm like, yeah, you can't pull this shit off, bro. So that's, that's why you're pissed. He's got some, some hair envy. Yeah. Um, which I had when you were talking about your man bun. 
I was about to ask, is that a is that a thing? I like... felt a, I felt a little triggered. Not gonna lie. Wow. Uh, but I will say my hair has been growing a little bit more thanks to some natural hair care products. But unfortunately, it really grows on the sides and on the back, not on the top. What the fuck? That's the. But that's like the main place where men always keep their hair when they're balding. That doesn't help anyone. I know. It's like just growing like extra now. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. One day I'm gonna be like just topple it over the top and it'll be fine. So <laughs> Hey, Jean-Luc Picard had that do, and he was one of the most badass motherfuckers of all time. You're right, you're right. So, but but yeah, you, you know, thinking about that, like there's um there's this vegan uh, market that I know you're also familiar with that I, I frequent pretty often, and there was a barber shop next door to it, and it was called like the Gentleman's Barber Shop or something along those lines, and yes. um they had like this uh, like pro uh, like police like signage in the window, and the vegan store had like Black Lives Matter signage in the window. So I'm pretty... Which I noticed last time I went there. I was like, oh, that's the dynamic. Yeah, so I, I'm pretty cool with the owner. So, like, I was just, like, shoot the shit with him. And, like, I was in there one day, and I said to him, so, so what's the deal with, like, the place next door? Like, did they put that sign up, like, in, in like, retaliation because you put a Black Lives Matter sign up? And he was pretty much like, yeah. He's like, they also only allow men to get their hair cut there. You cannot go in there if you're a woman. Um, so he actually had called the town on them because he said that you can't, you know, uh, prevent an entire gender, gender of people to shop at your building. You know what I mean? He's like, so I don't understand how they got away with that. Um, and the crazy part is it was owned by a woman. No. Yeah. How nuts is that? Really? But they actually wound up closing down not that long ago. Uh, so they were only open for maybe a year of that. Um, but oh, just a year? I think so. They weren't there very long. Okay, all right. Because I, I, part of me felt a little bad because I was gonna be like, you know, it sucks to see a small business go down during a pandemic, and you know, like the way their their shop was set up, it, it, they did the old fashioned thing on purpose. Like I thought it was a, like a staple of the community when I saw it. I was like, man, people must have been going here for years getting their hair cut. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was <laughs> pretty new. But uh, but yeah, they were just like, you have to be a man to get your hair cut here. Like how you know how dare you? And like you know. I don't think a lot of women frequent barber shops, but I know for a fact that mine does not say you can't come in if you're a woman. I've seen, I've been going to the same barber shop since I was uh, 13. Uh, so I've been going there a long time and I've, I have seen like maybe a handful of women get their hair cut there. And they actually have a few female barbers as well. So I can't even imagine them being like, uh, you're a woman, you can't come in here, you know? And that's like what this place was all about. I, I just think it was, uh, it's pretty wild. I think the reason was because they just don't know how to cut women's hair and they were like so insecure about it and they were like you know what we're going to do we're going to we're going to keep them out of here yeah. we're like no women for, allowed for their protection cuz we're going to fuck <laughs> yeah. their hair up it actually was trying to save them I mean honestly like it really is like you know I think obviously you should allow anybody into your place of business as, you know if you and if you're cutting hair there yeah sure but like you know it, if, if, if a woman came into my barber shop with like, you know, long luscious locks, I would be like, all right, like you're taking your hair into your own hands here by coming in here. But I'm not going to tell you not to have a seat in one of our chairs, um, you know, but also obviously not every woman has that same hairstyle. Like not every woman wants to keep her hair long. You know, maybe, you know, maybe she keeps it short or, you know, or or like, you know, shorn to the sides of her head or right. whatever. Like, so there's definitely like styles. And let's say it's an individual. How do I put it? Um an individual, uh, you know, identified uh, female at birth or, or assigned, excuse me, assigned female at birth who, you know, like 
may still kind of look that way, but they wear their hair a different way and, you know, want to get it done in a barbershop. Like, right. you know, because it could be a trans, it could be a trans man or it could be some, you know, somebody like who's just in between or just likes their hair a certain way. But yeah, you know, you got a point. But, uh, but yeah, just like, man, I guess there, there's a bunch of, uh, there's a bunch of memes online where like, you know, like, oh, like, you know, I'm not one of those guys who will, you know, who's going to cry in front of his friends. And then someone else would like retweet it and he'd be like, fellas, is it gay to feel like, <laughs> like literally, like every single thing that we attribute? It's weird. even even a purse is called a man purse, right? Like, yeah, you can't you can't gender like I don't put on my man shoes. I put on my sneakers. Whoa, I put you on don't? my man shirt. Oh, I know you have man shoes, but yeah. uh, but I personally. Um, which, by the way, I know they're, they're novelty shoes. Tyler doesn't wear them everywhere, but they're they're huge uh, slippers that are in the shape of uh, of penises. That's right. Yes. Yep. Actually, that's a little transphobic too. Damn. But uh, but yeah, I guess I, I've just I'm still blown away by the fact that there's a marketing technique. I mean, all marketing really does capitalize on the insecurities of the of the consumer. But this, like, especially like, are you are you are you shaving your pubes? Which, by the way. How long ago would that have been considered not manly? And it's like, all yeah. right, well, now you can shave your pubes, but only if you do it with this because you're a man. Or like, all right, you're going to wear jewelry, but only this guy, to, you know, the man. There's no difference between a man band and another wedding band that I would get. Right, like, right. I think man, like Manscaped, I kind of get. I think it's it's easy to remember. Um, you kind of get the gist of what they're going for immediately. But like, yeah, a, a wedding band seems a bit much. All right. Now that we got that out of the way, uh, Ty, do you... Guess how many how many new reviews there are? Uh, less than five. That is a good guess. Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, everybody, zero. That's right. Uh, but if you <laughs> want to have your reviews right at the top of the show, all you need to do is go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star. I mean, I'm only going to read them from Apple Podcasts, so go there specifically. Um, <laughs> listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Review us on Apple because that's the one that counts. Steve Jobs' ghost has me by the balls. Uh, but if you want to have your review right at the top of the show, all you need to do is go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review, regardless of what you think of us, leave us a five-star review, and then shit on us in the comments. That's right? right. I only do this for the reviews, so please. I'm sorry because you have not been sustained at all this past year. <laughs> I know. I've, I've had a couple a few of times. meals. <laughs> uh, but, but with that, everybody, we're going to get into the episode. You ready to bring in the theme song, Ty? Oh, let's bring it on in. <laughs> Welcome back to the Politipop Podcast, the podcast where we read between the lines of your MCU streaming Disney Plus shows that are part of pop culture media and discuss the, um, these are more social themes, but also social and political themes within. I am your co-host, Mike Booch, aka the Soy Boy Pseudo-Intellectual, and in my second seat, as always, is my co-host, Ty. Hello! Ty, quick question for you. What does the theme song sound like? Uh, yeah, I have a couple of In guesses. Um, yeah. What's this week's guess? It, it's like a like a like an old school rock. It's like rock and roll. Oh, yeah. Okay, ballad. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? Um, are there any lyrics to this ballad? No, no, no. It's all instrumental. No, not like pop, pop, pop. <laughs> no. But I know a guy that wants to do that. For- 
Mike's declining mental health. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> I'm going right, to listen well, uh, to it one day, all right? Don't, one day he case. will, folks. That was this week's installment of Has Ty Listened to the Theme Song and What Does He Think It Sounds Like <laughs> If He Hasn't? Um, a very long name for a segment. Uh, yeah. But, folks, today we are reviewing WandaVision. Yeah, the first Marvel TV show on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Wow. On Disney Plus, yeah. I was like, Tech- it's not Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I'm not sure if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is canon. There's a whole thing. We don't talk about Agents uh, yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D., okay? But yeah, first, uh, it's, not, it's no Agent Carter, uh, but I'm not sure if Agent Carter's canon. So. <laughs> it is, but it was um, canceled. Oh, okay. It's no Inhumans. You know, I'm not sure if Inhumans is canon. <laughs> that I don't know. Uh, oh, you don't? Okay. It's no Runaways. I'm not sure if Runaways is canon. <laughs> I don't not. think Runaways is canon, right? It's, it's not. not MCU. Cloak and Dagger. Oh, it's no, it's no Cloak and Dagger. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if Cloak and Dagger's canon. That I have no idea either. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, folks, we have a very special guest for you today. You heard her first on our Psychology of Batman episode, which I know is weird to say because almost every episode since then has been about the psychology of Batman in one way or another. <laughs> um, but, uh, but you've also seen her artwork on almost every episode of this podcast. She was the one who who um who who designed the Politipop logo, graciously allowed yeah. me to use it. Yeah. Doesn't get on my ass when I forget to mention her at the end of the episodes. <laughs> That's right. Uh, she she has a, a background in in psych. She is uh, a, an incredible cat mom and she is going to be lending us uh her her brain and we'll we'll have a we'll have a little um What's the word? Disclaimer. A, l- a little bit after we introduce her, before we get into the, the meat and potatoes of the episode, or the tofu and potatoes of the episode. And without further ado, folks, please put your hands together wherever you are, unless you're driving, for Antonia Haba. Thanks for coming back to the podcast. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. I shouldn't have asked, how are you? I'm sorry. It's just, uh, nobody should ever, after 2020, nobody should ever ask, <laughs> how are you, or how things are. I should just say, it's a trap. Well, I'm going to do the American thing. I'm going to say good, thank you, and not actually explain everything. That is perfect. That is Versus perfect. the European uh, but... response would be everything that's happened to me in the last year. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be a whole different podcast, yes. uh, as I tend to <laughs> I tend to overshare as well. Uh, but but it, it's it's awesome to have you back on here. And uh, you know the reason I'm I'm having you on here specifically is uh, you know you are you are a woman which means you undoubtedly have trauma in your past and also uh, you do have you do have an insight into into psych but that being said i want to let everybody listening at home know that we are not professionals that if you are in a state of emotional or mental crisis and you need help please do look for uh, professional help um you know don't count on what we are saying i was in i was in a therapy session less than an hour ago so um i i'm still working on on me i'm not going to tell you how to how to handle your life but uh, but you know with with that being said you know we usually approach this this stuff from from more of an entertainment perspective anything we do say we either provide sources for or i will always say i don't know Look it up yourself. Like, <laughs> you know, if I'm not 100% certain on something, I'll, I'll let you know about it. And that's probably why we don't have a huge listener base. But, uh, oh, and one thing I do want to add, one thing I do want to add, um, to the disclaimer is also, um, and I've seen this on YouTube videos and I think it's useful and a very good idea that sometimes just certain topics alone are too hard for people to listen to. So if they do feel triggered by listening Thank to anything you. about yes. trauma, 
feel free to not listen. I mean, I know you want people to listen, but got to give the warning. Not if it's going to do anything bad to them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, if, if you might be triggered by any talks of trauma, because we will be bringing up trauma, and I think that should be brought up right away, that if it's going to be, you know, if it's going to be triggering, don't don't listen to this one. Yeah. Thank you so much for reminding me. There, yeah. yeah th- so this is an official content warning as well. There, there will be talk of, I know, I'm going to talk about my own personal shit a little bit. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, we're going to talk about grief. We're going to talk about death. Uh, there may even be, uh, you know, there may even be talk of, um, of, you know, of, of, of suicidal thoughts. So, you know, so just, I'm just letting everybody know ahead of time that, you know, if you're dealing with this stuff, yo, this podcast ain't worth it. Wait until you're a little bit better. Come back and listen. We'll still be here. Okay. So we are going into into WandaVision today. Now, Antonia, you out of the out of the three of us are probably, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, probably the most casual fan. Uh, this is coming from the guy who, you know, I know a lot more about the DC comics, mm-hmm. and even then it's more specifically Batman. Marvel comics I've read, but, you know, I haven't, I don't have, like, the deep knowledge that a lot of other people do. Ty is a, a lot more than I do, especially when it comes to Marvel. Uh, but you are the one who who is kind of coming at this from the outside. So, so before you started this show, what did you know about like the Marvel Cinematic Universe? What what drew you to this show in the first place? Um, well, one, I didn't know too much about the Marvel Universe and, you know, related, I didn't know much about DC. Like there were blurred lines where I wasn't sure which one was which. That's how little I know. Um, a lot of people still don't. So, so you're good. Though I am proud of myself. I'm starting to figure it out. And I have to say streaming services have been helping. (laughs) HBO Max has DC, I believe, and Disney Plus has Marvel. So I'm starting to learn who's who. Um, But that's... Brought to you by Disney Plus and HBO Max. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about products beforehand, too, before you came on, trying to just get some, uh, trying to get some some of that sweet ad money, get that revenue (laughs) in if we can. (laughs) Um, but what what drew you to WandaVision specifically? Um, so, yeah, so my introduction to in figuring out more about the two different worlds really came just from my own interest of WandaVision, which the trailers that I saw, whether it was, I, I don't remember where I initially saw trailers. It might have been YouTube or I heard someone talking about it. So I watched a trailer. I don't remember how it like, came to see the trailer, but I just remember going, ooh, there was just something about that, like, even in the trailer, it did so well, just like the retro TV thing. And I just thought it was, I don't know, if it looked kitschy. Like, I don't know if that's the right word, but it just, it just piqued my interest. That's pretty. So, I mean, and I'm sure you're not the only one of those, uh, one of those fans who came in. Now, did you, did you do any, any research? Like, did you watch any Marvel movies before WandaVision started or you just kind of went into it, uh, you know, without any any prior knowledge. Um, I've seen some Marvel, but I didn't see anything prior. Like, I don't remember what I've seen in the past, to be honest with you. It was kind of just random. Like, I'm never against watching any of those movies. It was just not anything I ever sought out, usually. Probably just because I wasn't introduced to any of it when I was younger, so I just didn't really have that drive to, you know, explore it. Anyway, yeah. so, yeah. yeah, I had no idea who... Wanda Maximoff was. I had no idea who Vision was. Um, I was coming into this watching it for what it was. And I mean, I knew well enough just from like people talking about it uh, before it even aired that, you know, these are Marvel characters. So like, I did have an idea that these weren't going to be like average people. 
They are an unusual couple. They are. Ty, what did what did you think going into this uh, show? Like, what did I expect of it, or? Yeah, yeah. What were you expecting? Because I didn't actually watch any of the trailers. I wanted to go in knowing almost nothing except for what I've seen in the movies. I feel like I say this all the time, but I kind of got almost exactly what I expected. Um, you know, I saw the trailers. I've I've read. He was I expected shit, and I got shit. <laughs> I read Vision by Tom King. Um, I've, oh, I've read, you know, uh, House of M. So, like, I've read, like, all the comics that I knew were, were going to inspire it. Uh, and I, I I guess I didn't expect maybe the the sitcoms that they were spoofing to, like, like be so direct. You know, like, you could definitely tell, like, Modern Family was in there. Or, uh, you know, the Dick Van Dyke show. I just thought it would be more broad. But there definitely was a lot more, you know... Um, specific references than, than I was expecting in that regard. But uh, story-wise, I, I got almost pretty much exactly what I thought I would get. Um, in fact, I, I actually might have gotten a little less than I was hoping for. I, I, you know, I think Marvel's kind of spoiled us a little bit. And I was expecting some big, like, cameo or, you know, some big, like, setup for the next one, uh, specifically X-Men related. You know, I really thought we were going to get some X-Men related stuff here. And, uh, a lot of people did. And we didn't. And that, I, I won't lie, that kind of disappointed me and, and, and soured the ending a little bit for me. But uh, overall, it was, it was kind of what I thought it would be. How about you? Well, this isn't about me, you guys. <laughs> well, since you asked... <laughs> Uh, I, so I had heard the title WandaVision and I heard, uh, them talk about it on like Kevin Smith's podcast, Fat Man Beyond, uh, brought to you by Fat Man Beyond, Politipop, no I'm kidding, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I'd heard them say like, oh, it's going to be like Wanda and Vision living through like sitcoms and stuff like right, that. Right. And, you know, obviously there are a lot of questions because spoilers for the entire MCU folks, Vision's dead. He died in Infinity War. And if if you are going into this show not knowing anything about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, all I will suggest to you, I won't suggest you read anything. I won't suggest you sit through a couple hours of a movie. Go to Disney Plus, look up Marvel Legends, and look at the seven-minute featurette they have on Wanda. Because it takes the 20 minutes of combined screen time that she's had between all of these movies... <laughs> And puts it into this amazing uh, flashback. Like, this is who she is, and the editing is great. The music's awesome. I was like, yo, I think I think I love Wanda Maximoff as a character. I had no idea. I was like, you know, because <laughs> she was always in the background in these other movies. But we do... Eh, not in Age of Ultron. I mean, yeah, but... I mean, she, she was a big... I mean, obviously, that was her introduction. But, you know, I don't... I don't know. You know, you had Captain America, Tony Stark. They were setting up Civil War. They were setting up Black Panther. You know, she she happened to be one of the bad guys. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. She was more in the forefront because I've watched it more recently. And I've appreciated it a lot more recently, too, after watching WandaVision. Uh, but but I, I, I personally think that it was just kind of like, you know, she, honestly, and, I, and I'm not sure if this is on purpose or not, she just came in as a weapon, right? She came in when Strucker needed to use her. She came in when, when Ultron needed to use her. She came in when the Avengers needed to use her back against Ultron. Uh, she, you know, she came in when, when Cap needed to use her against Tony. Uh, her entire life, she has been a weapon. Yeah, I mean, I mean Civil War kind of uh, uh, begins, you know, with her accidentally killing a bunch of civilians right and i think that they're doing her fucking best yeah you know and like so there was some really good character stuff there but i i do agree she's always kind of been 
a weapon. She's she's one of the most powerful beings they've kind of set up in the MCU, and and you know that's kind of been her purpose. We haven't really gotten to see the the more tender moments, uh, you know, of her life, and and you know what she what she wants out of it. Yeah. Um. Now before we go into like the thick of it, how about you just give them the plot, Ty? WandaVision blends a style of classic sitcoms with the MCU in which Wanda Maximoff and Vision, two superpowered beings living their ideal suburban lives, begin to suspect that everything is not as it seems. Now, one thing I want to bring up is the creative team uh, behind this. I am aware that there were that there were a lot more women in the writers room and that I feel that made a huge impact on the, you know, on the story. Uh, Antonia, do you feel that like this is a story that like I don't want to say only a woman could tell, but like I think th- the the character of Wanda is written from a much different way than the character of let's say Steve Rogers. As 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 a woman who's been through similar experiences, you know, I remember the time you got powers from Hydra and <laughs> you know joined the Avengers, uh, <laughs> or, or or maybe you haven't had similar experiences, but you know, traumatic how do you fe- experiences in general. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that, you know, do you feel that that makes a difference as to the authenticity of a character like this? I think it definitely does. Um, And I think I read that half the writers were female. I don't know if it was most or half. And that's okay, I guess. I was really, um, (laughs) well, and I think the showrunner and what the director was the director female too? Uh, I know uh, uh, Jack Shackman uh, is a a man. Matt Shackman? Yeah. Well, then why the. Sorry, on IMDb, it's and I thought it was Matt too. It says, "Oh, it's a Jack Schaefer." My bad. Yeah, so Matt, yeah, Matt Shackman. I'm not even gonna edit that out. Um, <laughs> Good <laughs> guys, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> but I thought it was interesting how many happened. women there were, and I did think it was important because there. Are, and this is no offense to um, men, but. You know, if any men take offense, then fuck them. Sorry. Well, no, I mean, we have enough stuff <laughs> uh, in a very like in a very general hetero discussion sense of society and how boys are raised to, you know, not show their feelings and not, you know, hold it in and tough it out and whatever else you want to. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a whole list of things that you'd be better at explaining than me. Um, but. Yeah, we went through a lot of them in the Lord of the Rings episode, uh, featuring now excommunicated Frankie. So, um, <laughs> interesting. Um, yes, yeah. But then women are taught to, you know, show their feelings, um, you know, process things, express them. And yes, when you get into cases of trauma, which we'll talk about, like there's suppression of things. But I think there is a nuance and an understanding from a female writer that you wouldn't necessarily get um, if it was a male writing it. And I think that made a difference. Yeah, I, you know, because there's a lot of like, there's a lot of internet chatter, you know, across mm-hmm. social media and stuff. Um, and I, speaking of internet, I just want to digress for five seconds here. Folks, if you were like really into this and you can't get enough, go to the new Rockstars YouTube channel. I went through all their videos, you know, every week, you know, listening to their theories, uh, you know, which okay, some of them turned out to be true, some of them weren't. But, you know, it's a fun ride. And especially for, um, 
for somebody who's been home for the past year. Uh, it just helps to, you know, kind of <laughs> have other people talking about the same stuff that, you know, that you're talking about. So, so social media, you know, a lot of people have been saying that Wanda is a villain or Wanda is the villain. Like, what are your takes on that? Whichever one of you wants to go first. I mean, I, I'll go first, if you don't mind, just as somebody who hasn't seen anything else about her. Um, you know, if we're sticking strictly to WandaVision talking about Wanda, um, I don't necessarily... Now, I don't think... Now, obviously, spoilers are allowed, because it's kind of hard to talk about it without giving things Oh, away. shit, we forgot to throw that in. Uh, everybody, spoiler warning in full effect right now, folks. <laughs> it's it's been in effect. Oh, God. You don't want to hear anything. I mean, I did say spoilers for Infinity War, but like, yo, if you don't want anything else, we're, we're... I'll have a little trouble saying what I want to say if I have to worry about spoiler alerts um, or spoiling things. Um, yeah, but I mean, okay, so one can see her as a villain because she had this entire town, not intentionally as prisoners, which we'll get into, but in the end, they were trapped and controlled. So that's not okay so you could see her as a villain that way but if you look at the rest of it and then you understand why it happened i mean it still happened she still did it um but it was definitely not it wasn't intentional so i have trouble oh no that's fine so i have trouble seeing her purely as a villain like i don't think she did the right thing but it also wasn't intentional and she did the right thing in the end so it's a hard one for me you know, do I think she's a evil? Does she, I think she's evil. No, absolutely not. But could you argue she's the villain of the series? I think so, because you know they kind of make it like Agnes was behind it all along. But what did she really do? She was just kind of hanging out, trying to figure out how to get Wanda's powers. Um, you know, there comes a point. I think it's like the halfway point of the series where Wanda begins to realize, you know, what's happened in this town. Um, she leaves, like, kind of the bubble of her home and confronts Sword and threatens them, right? And, uh, you know, she she's intentionally now keeping the people in this town under her control. You know, and she's doing it out of love and out of grief. And, you know, I think you do have to take that into account. But, uh, you know, at the same time, she is forcing people against their will. And, you know, Vision actually confronts her about this a few times. Um, and she just keeps, you know changing the story and trying to make sure that he he's not aware of it happening. So, you know, I, I definitely think you could argue she she is the villain of this series. But, uh, you know, again, not necessarily evil. Uh, you know, she's not in full control of her powers, especially in the first half. And, you know, in the very end, she does decide to free everyone, um, you know, at the detriment of her own family uh, and let them go back to their lives. But there was a point where, you know, I don't know if she was going to make that decision. And if uh, a lot of outside influences hadn't interfered she may have never broken out of that cycle and and kind of kept them here you know out of a out of a selfishness that she wanted to keep vision you know alive and, and have her kids with her yeah i think that this this series really opens up room for a nuanced conversation i haven't seen any nuanced conversations but i think it opens <laughs> up room for one um you know because there's that there's that old saying hurt people hurt people you know what i mean if you know if, if we don't figure out our own shit then eventually we'll traumatize others whether it's intentionally or not um you know i i couldn't help but think of one of the people that former president trump didn't pardon there was a woman who had done something terrible and i i'm not going to say it on the podcast but she did something really terrible to another to another woman and ended up taking her life uh, as a result of it. 
and she was uh, she she was put on death row for it. And she had written a letter to 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 Trump to say, "Please pardon me. Here's my history." And her history was heartbreaking is an understatement. The terrible amount of abuse and trauma that she suffered as a child that changed who she was. And, you know, we discussed it last time. And, you know, and, and my cousin Moni was also, you know, saying that, like, trauma changes you. Like, you, like, we have to survive. So if something mm-hmm. bad happens to us, we, you know, we mentally prepare and find another way around it. That's how, that's how we work. You know, we adapt to things. And it, it you know, Wanda made me think of this because when you really look at it from eight years old or whenever that's that, you know, she had to suffer through a civil war in Sokovia, she has been going through trauma. She lost her parents, which I can tell you, even as a grown adult is a tough thing to go through. Um, she, you know, she ended up having to volunteer and she was put into terrible experiments with Hydra. Uh, she was quote unquote radicalized, you know, Tyler and I will probably have some opinions on that, on that <laughs> later. Um, you know, when we get to director Hayward of S.W.O.R.D., uh, but pretty much her entire life, she has been used as a weapon. You know, Ultron manipulated her. Tony manipulated her. Uh, she, you know, she and and then even after the whole thing with Thanos after Endgame, she just wanted to bury her husband. You know, that was mm-hmm. it. She wanted to bury the man she loved and Hayward intentionally pushed her. Yeah. He pushed her to see if he if if she would bring Vision back online. And I think it was very intentional because they're sword. They're not going to tear apart a, a weapon that expensive. You know, they did it on purpose, I think. They had him strewn all, and also as a callback to the comic books, but they had him strewn all about there. They were, you know, chopping him up, hacking away at him and stuff. And, and I, you know, that, she was pushed there. Like, it's, it's so often that we see what people do and not what led to it. And, and society as a whole always judges certain groups of people differently. Right. You know, we wouldn't be the Politipop podcast if we didn't bring up the fact that, you know, anytime, you know, uh, a white cop kills an unarmed black man, there's always, oh, well, you don't know what happened before that. You don't know what led up to it. You don't know what was going through the cop's head. You don't know this, blah, 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 blah. But then as soon as a black person does something wrong, up, oh, you know, they're a waste of, of space, they're a waste of energy, they're a detriment to society, put them away for life. You know, so Wanda is one of those people who I think, you know, needs that nuance. And, and you have to realize, like, she is a refugee who was, and this is pretty fucked up, she was taken in by the man who was in... in responsible for her family dying. Right. You know, he didn't outright drop the bomb, but it was, you know, it was, it was, it was him and his, his family, his company that made the weapons yeah. and, and sold them. He signed overseas. his name on it. Oh, wait, no, that was Chris Evans. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that was, that was Chris Evans. Yeah. His name happened to be on it. Um, but, but yeah, so a, like after seeing what led Wanda to do this, I was like, oh, but, okay. but it, I would argue that's a reason, not an excuse, right? Like like a pedophile, right? A, a lot of times pedophiles were, were molested as children, you know, and they kind of take that trauma and they, they wind up not knowing how to break that cycle and they become the very thing that, you know, hurt them. And I don't think that, you know, you can give them a free pass because they had a horrible, you know, life or a horrible experience, but you definitely can see the reason why they wound up that way and understand them a little better. 
editor's note here because this is a very sensitive subject. We will have uh, sources in the in the show notes. Uh, that will tell you that while some individuals who end up abusing children were also abused themselves, they are not necessarily the majority. And there's a variety of other uh, facts and debunked myths on the website that I'm including in the show notes. Back to the show. And I've heard quotes, if you don't mind me jumping in there for a moment. Um, you know, I've heard, you know, quotes too, and I, I won't get them necessarily verbatim, but the roundabout ideas you are not responsible for what happened to you yeah but you are absolutely 100 percent responsible for how you try to work with it and how you treat others you know we uh have we said it on the podcast before ty it explains it without excusing it i don't think we have but we haven't said that we we've said it a lot in our private yeah uh conversations but yeah it explains it it doesn't excuse it <laughs> now these first two episodes pissed me off so much uh, why? <laughs> and it's, I'll, I'll tell you why. It's because once again, I didn't watch the trailers. You know, I had a feeling that it was going to be some kind of illusion that that maybe she was responsible for, but I didn't see the part where it's like, all right, we have helicopters and shit, and there's other stuff happening now. Like, <laughs> I just saw this, and I'm like, I'm like, they know that they can, that they're just sticking, that we're gonna stick with it because it's Marvel, and I did. Overall. I'm glad I stuck with it, but the first two episodes, I was like, oh my god. And and by the way, much like Wanda, I did watch these shows growing up. My, you know, my parents were not there late at night. They they didn't care about what time I went to bed, so I would stay up, and I would watch Nick at Night. And so, yeah, yeah Dick same. Van Dyke, you know, Get Smart, I Love Lucy, Mary Tyler Moore Show, like all of those, I, I a Brady Bunch, Happy Days, um, I, I did watch them. Uh, but I, you know, I, I don't get that sense of nostalgia uh, from from those shows specifically. And um, what we're once again, we're going to have stuff in the show notes and sources. But one of those things, I found an article on nostalgia, which was originally uh, which was originally. How do I put it? Nostalgia originally came about as disease. Like that's what it was classified as. That, uh, you know, there were soldiers, I don't recall exactly which war, but there were soldiers who, when they were evaluated and they were longing to go home, the doctor diagnosed them with nostalgia. Hmm. And he was like, oh, you should be looking forward, not back. Interesting. I actually don't know that one. That's really interesting. Yeah, the way that we look at it now is obviously not like that. But but man, if I, if I can't relate to, you know, we watched that Digimon movie earlier this year and the whole thing was like, or earlier last year, or was like, last year, oh, you know, yeah. don't, uh, <laughs> was, uh, was don't, um, you know, was don't cling to the past, look toward the future. You can't get lost in, in what the past was. And, and, you know, me in an attempt to deal with everything in my life that I don't have time to go through, I do escape to nostalgia. And I think a lot of us do, you know, how often are you like, man, I'm having a bad day. Let me watch this movie that always made me feel good inside. You know, I'm having a bad day. Let me listen to this song that always makes me feel good. Let me, you know, watch this TV show because it may not be the show, but it reminds me of the person who I was with when I watched it. Like, you know, we sometimes the present and especially now the present, at, le at least for me, and I'm not I'm not speaking for everybody. Lately, I have been like an exposed nerve. I am sensitive to pretty much everything. Um, and you, and it does help to alone. be. You are not alone which I very much appreciate. Thank you. And those of you at home, neither are you, uh, which will be a big part of our Snyder Cut review if we end up doing that. When we end up doing it, we'll figure it out. I'll talk to Ty, <laughs> see if I can see if I could Tyler Hayward manipulate him into <laughs> to doing the Snyder oh. Cut with you. Aha! 
But no, I think I think that's really valid. You know what you're saying about nostalgia, I, and I think specifically uh, for me, nostalgia. It, it's a lot of times it's one thing that really got me through a tough time. You know, I mentioned in the Lord of the Rings episode that you know uh, there was a lot of trauma going on in my family. You know, at the time when the Fellowship of the Ring came out on VHS, and I would watch that movie over and over and over again. And I can sit there and watch that movie over and over again now because I think it, it gives me that same comforting feeling that I needed, you know, during that time. So, you know, we see Wanda do that here, right? You know, we, mm-hmm. we find that she she went into these TV shows for comfort, right? When when there was a war right outside her door and, and bombs were, were, you know, blowing up the, the city and people were dying in the streets and her and her family would sit there for movie night and she would pick out, you know, one of her favorite sitcoms to watch. And I, I definitely can relate to that. And I, I, I understand, you know, why she would feel that comfort. And I think a lot of people probably do that, you know, all the time. Escapism. It's escapism. Yeah. And, you know, when it isn't too much... It's a, a healthy coping mechanism, and when it invades, you know, living your life, yeah, it's maladaptive coping mechanism. But it is escapism. It's it's it does exactly what it's meant to do. We get lost in something else. And you know, I think that life in general, like we just need to know that there's a balance for everything because I think escapism, you know, in, in the right doses, is is it's important for us to do. Like we really have to, you know, especially. You know, like us, like we are we are very tuned into what's going on uh, politically and, and in our in our in our world, more so in the country, the United States, that, you know, for this podcast that like I, I have to remind myself to turn it off. Because literally, it doesn't matter. Literally, we could be watching anything, and I'm like, "Cop wouldn't do that in real life," you know. Or I'm just, or I'm just thinking. I'm thinking, and I'm like, and I'm like, man, I can't believe this is going on. How can I be happy? And you know, sometimes you really, you know, you do have to escape. But uh, but you, you know, you do have to realize that also there is a real world, and there are real people who may depend on you, and and that though you know th- those people do need you. Um, you know, another thing about this series is they were very, uh, you know, they were very conscious about using the stages of grief to 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 guide their uh, to guide their, you know, their storytelling. So, you know, that they had five stages of grief. I formally remember seven uh, stages of grief, but uh, Matt Shackman said five. So I'm using the five here, which are denial. We see Wanda denying everything as she escapes into this world where her husband is still alive. We see anger. You know, anytime anybody calls her out on it, she manages to cut them out. Or, you know, Monica, she throws through the through the hex. Mm-hmm. You know, like Ty said earlier, she confronts Sword and Hayward and threatens them with that, you know, don't, you know, don't come into my home. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. We also see bargaining, which she, you know, she is so desperate to to have her brother back that she accepts someone she's never met as her brother. Like she is willing to, you know, to accept that. And then of course, depression, which is when, uh, you know, when we were in our modern family episode and acceptance, I don't know if she's gone to accept that. Maybe we'll talk about that at the end, but I just want to talk about the depression episode in modern family. And I know that I said I was going to go through order, but it's a quick thing. Just, I, I suck at this. I, I, I make the schedule and then I break it. And I don't <laughs> but, uh, but, um, I feel like, these are words that are now so popular that that formerly weren't words like trauma, mm-hmm. grief, therapy. You know, we had this kind of uh, this, you know, this storytelling that we see in our movies and our shows and our commercials that kind of speak to our nihilism. You know, that like memes kind of dictate everything. And uh, and like it, it was just 
I'm glad that it is in the zeitgeist. I really am. I'm glad that it's out there. I'm glad that they said the word trauma on on this show so people can like be aware of it. And it normalizes it so it makes it easier for people to start talking about it. Yeah. And, you know, for, for someone to say, like, if that superhero can go through this, you know, or in Tyler's opinion, this terrible villainous person. <laughs> like, if it, if it, but if, a, you know, if, if a so-called hero can go through this, then, me, you know, then it's normal for me to go through it. And for those of you who are like, well, it's a fantasy. It doesn't mean, blah, 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 you know. There are people who believe very much in their in their fantasies and wage wars uh, for them because of something that was written in a book a long time ago. So I have my I have my mythology. Everybody else can can have theirs. Um, but uh, I didn't expect to connect with Wanda as much as I did growing up as a man. Uh, you know, uh, but like the one of those surreal things about this to me was that growing up, every one of our superheroes was always older than us. Even Tobey Maguire, he was supposed to be playing 17, 18-year-old Peter <laughs> Parker, you know, was a solid 25, 30 years old. Uh, but to see Wanda born in the same year we were, I know I know you're you're a little older than we are, Antonia, mm-hmm. but you're still a millennial, right? Uh, I don't know. I'm in that weird category where I'm like in you between. You might be Gen X. Not uh, in between Gen X. What do they call it? Zenio when you're between Gen X and Millennial? Or am I getting Zenio wrong? Oh, I didn't wrong? know that was the thing. I might be getting know, the term be... wrong. Nobody wants to be a Millennial, so they came up with additional terms to break the category yeah. up more. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. They're like, they're like, oh, these Millennials are ruining the economy with avocado toast. You're like, all right, I'm an elder Millennial. Okay. So, I, I just Googled yeah. it quickly to get this right. It is Zenials. This Ooh, what is, is from it? Wikipedia. Zenial. Zenials is a, how do you say that word? Poor... Mentau. All right, I bastardized that word. Not sure. Anyway, blending the words Generation X and Millennials to describe a micro generation or a crossover generation of people whose birth years are between the late 70s and the early to mid 1980s. But to answer your question, yes, I'm relatively in the same age group. Oh, it's a combination of words. Got it. Podcast, for example, combination of iPod and broadcast. Podcast. So yeah, the second definition of portmanteau is a combination of words. Now we know that. Good job. Uh-huh. Everybody. I didn't know that word before. Learn I've learned today. something, and I mispronounced it. <laughs> eh, but this is our. This is like at least for me, like the first, my, like my my millennial hero, Wanda Maximoff is my millennial hero. Uh, she watched the same shows I watched growing up. Uh, she is part of that generation, and I think that. You know, we are part of that generation that this is so important to because we were raised by television for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a time where people were raised by at least one parent, if not both, uh, you know, because the, you could they could be supported off of a single uh, single income household. But like, you know, for us, like we are part of that generation where the cost of living went up and all of our parents had to go to work and we're left with the TV like like, you know, at least to me. Movies and television and entertainment are probably one of the most important parts, definitely one of the most important parts of my life, if not the most important. Like that is how I communicate with people. That is how I I read into emotions, you know, like and I know that's not the healthiest thing to do. But, you know, outside of I never really had like actual adults to teach me how to interact with people or 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 healthily express my feelings and. You know, I've I've only had movies and shows to do it, which is, you know, for better or worse. There's a lot of worse in there, too. Um, Ty, you part of that generation, too? You you, you love movies, right? <laughs> yeah, some might say that. I, I definitely I definitely love movies. And, uh, you know, I think I 
I've spent a lot of my childhood, you know, watching them and, and growing up with them, watching ones that I probably shouldn't have seen as a child, you know, horror movies, action movies, but all kinds of stuff. And obviously that, that made me want to go to film school and, and, you know, get more involved in, you know, in the filmmaking process. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely... I definitely uh, was raised by that. You know, I, I, I really enjoyed Wand in this. I don't think I have the same connection you seem to. Uh, maybe it's just because I have different um, different things I want out of life, you know, than she did. Like, I'm, I'm not looking to start a family, things like that. So it, it wasn't as easy to relate in that whoa, regard. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But... Uh, I'm not either, everybody. Just letting you know. <laughs> I got my dog and my wife. It's good for now. Right. <laughs> I, got, I got my cats and my girlfriend. That, that, that's, that's what I got. So, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I thought she, you know, I, it was interesting, I think, to see, you know, her, her going through all these, these stages of grief and, and of course, you know, starting a family and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and those things still in my mind make you, uh, are for people who are older than me. And then I realize she's the same age and I go, well, no, it's not, you know, it's, it's our generation that is, that is, you know, in this place in, in our lives now. Um, so that was definitely, you know, kind of kind of interesting to think back and, and reflect on. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I have the same connection you do with um, being raised by the TV only because my mother did not always work. So I wasn't always allowed to watch the television. But what I did absolutely connect with was, you know, since we didn't have regular cable because she didn't want me seeing things like HBO, et cetera. So, uh, uh, it's HBO. It's not TV. <laughs> no, that was one of their, uh, that was one of their, uh, big marketing things in the nineties. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you were saying, what did you watch? So, I mean, I did watch a lot of, um, like when I was much younger, I know a lot about, um, I mean, I'm a little rusty on details now, but I watched a lot of like seventies, um, children's show like three, two, one connect and stuff like that. And, um, wow. because it was okay. on, you know, PBS, because I was very limited and watched. But at the same time, too, I was allowed to watch things like the Dick Van Dyke show and my grandparents used to love the Honeymooners. And of course, I loved Bewitched, which obviously there's a reference to Bewitched in WandaVision oh, as yeah. well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I loved that one. I was like, yay. So like, <laughs> so through watching those older shows that I was allowed to watch, I mean, so that like, that's kind of that's my connection to the older stuff and why I got excited. And then, of course, we see later on, like, references to there was, like, a little nod to, like, Full House. Um, Which works on a lot of levels, too, because Elizabeth Olsen grew up on the set of Full House, yeah. which yeah. is so funny. Yeah. You know, she wasn't on, she wasn't featured in Full House, but she grew up on the set of it with her sisters, yeah. Mary-Kate and Ashley. Mm -hmm. So, like, I, so. you know, I saw that one. Of course, that show was watched in our house. So, you know, a lot of the show's reference that she watched, which are, you know, all, we'll say TV wholesome shows, we'll say. Those were all the ones I was allowed to watch, so I get nearly every reference. It's funny you mention that because uh, we didn't usually have cable either. So I was, well, I don't know if maybe you weren't allowed to watch cable, but we just didn't have it. We didn't we have couldn't it. Afford it. So, so it, I was constantly watching VHSs over and over and over again, the same shows, the same movies. Um, you know, when we ended up upgrading to DV DVDs, same thing there too. Like I can, I can almost verbatim recite the first three episodes of Batman beyond because that was the only VHS I had of that show. And I would watch it over and over. 
it kept it simpler, right? Now now it's like you have all this stuff at your fingertip and you don't know what to watch because you have 150 streaming services that have all the content in the world, you know? At least you used to be like, hey, I'm going to watch one of my five favorite movies or shows that I have on DVD or VHS. You know, there's this this feeling where, like, you know, I would finally get done what I'm doing. You know, I would make, like, an awesome meal, great meal, I would smoke a fat, milky bong rip, you know, right? And just, and just, you know, get into a really nice headspace and then be like, all right, what am I going to watch? What's going to make this combination of food and, 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 and me be, you know, and, and dopamine like great. And I always go back to stuff I've already seen. I always go back to, you know, the stuff I know is fun, the stuff, you know, I know is not going to upset me. And like, that's exactly what Wanda does. Um, you know, cause a lot of, you know, you can't eat a meal unless you have the perfect thing to watch while you're eating it. You'll let that meal go cold True. before you, <laughs> True. um, you know, but, uh, but yeah. So, uh, actually do we want to go through the, through the episodes or we just want to bring specific points? I like, I mean, I like just bouncing around. I think, you know, bouncing it keeps around, the conversation. Bouncing around. Yeah, I mean, folks. bouncing around works for me because I know you'd want me to talk about some of the ways she expresses her trauma and you already mentioned a couple. So like bouncing around works for me. Uh, what else did you notice? Because I've actually been doing most of the talking, but I have you on here as a guest. Mm-hmm. So, like, like, did you did you have notes? Did you have anything you wanted to mention? Even in the beginning, when we, even as a viewer, especially me, not knowing anything about Wanda prior to this or Vision, so watching it, and you're kind of like you're what you get that they're recreating this, you know, the old TV show, um, but. You know, there are times where, what was it, when um, Vision's boss came over for dinner and at one point his boss's wife is like, stopped this. But it was like, to the camera. And um, although that wasn't Wanda, it was kind of like one of the first inklings that, at least the first one that stuck out Something's to me, off. That something's yeah. off. And who is she saying stop that to? Is she saying stop him choking or stop that, you know as we know, people start to kind of like, will say things. Well, actually, you know, this all blends in. This all blends in. So I won't even stick to the first episode. But then there are other parts where someone's kind of like, do you need me to redo that? And she's like, what? You know, she's still not quite realizing what's going on herself yet. But when they do say something off and we catch that something's off, she kind of just goes, it's a little bit of denial. Like, I don't know. What do you mean? Like, just this kind of just denial yeah well that that actually it reminds me of like one thing that i really uh wasn't a fan of uh wanda doing in this show and uh and that was gaslighting vision now wanda was also gaslit and for those of you who aren't aware what gaslighting is i only learned what it actually means this past uh this past year um turns out that that was like my father's prime parenting technique was gaslighting um but uh but gaslighting is when in a you know someone normally an abuser or a fucking narcissist whatever um somebody will will try and downplay your emotions and make you feel like they're not valid you know make you feel like you know you're not seeing things the way they actually are and that your your feelings are skewed your your point of view is skewed and it really makes you question yourself and you know for credit to Wanda she made a damn good copy of Vision because because he becomes self-aware 
almost in like the first episode, he starts questioning mm-hmm. everything. What do we do with this job? You know, um, he knows he has these powers. He doesn't know exactly where they come from. But as he keeps bringing it up, Wanda keeps kind of squashing it back and like, you know, being like, what are you talking about? You know, like, well, like, you know, like you said, you know, partially it's it's her denial but i think also like she once she realized what's going on she wants to keep vision there uh you know for herself and and that is i mean it's really messed up to create a life like that and then do that to them yeah. like and and you know and kudos to him he is a ride or die he stays with her through the very end he's like i love you you know vishan you know he's one of the loyal guys he's he's one of the real ones yeah and i mean it's it's good that you bring up that point because she did move from the tower absolutely I absolutely agree. I know I'm repeating pretty much what you said, but she did move from a place of not realizing what she was doing and denial to actively, once she started to figure it out, actively manipulating him, which is not okay by any means. Yeah. I just wanted to call it too. Yeah. At at the end, um, even stays back to, oh, feminist point feminist point he stays back at the end of the movie to watch the kids so that wanda could go do her thing and save the world hey yeah that's right he was like yo you do your thing so he's a very good feminist you know i was gonna say about that actually it's kind of interesting that you know vision's such a emotional person right he's he's very empathetic and and kind and a great partner and he's not uh he wasn't really born of this world right he was he was created he's uh you know he's like an android um, and, and, you know, it, it took an Android to find this like really good man. So I don't know. I just wanted to put that out there that I thought, no, it was... that, that, that's a great point. Like he has such an insight into the human condition, despite not being a human. But I think that, and this is, this is kind of going into the MCU a little bit more broad, broadly. That's what he was created for. Ultron made the vision's body as the next step in human evolution, right. the perfect blend of technology and organic, organic life. Oh shit! Uh, let's we're gonna have a real moment. I mentioned before on the podcast, y'all. My mom's dead, and um, which is another thing. Like with this whole grief thing, so <laughs> I used it against Ty so many times when he was like, oh, "I didn't get out of it what you did," and I was like, "Oh, my mom's so dead," and Wanda had a dead guy. And I'm like, "You wouldn't understand," <laughs> but um, but <laughs> Vision, he has this line with Ultron at the end of the second Avengers film, and it was the first scene that I watched the morning after my mom had passed and I had been doing nothing but throwing around a bunch of jokes the night before. And then finally the next morning came my, uh, my ex fiance now wife, um, left for work and I was alone. This is before we had a dog. It was just me. And out of nowhere, age of Ultron isn't even my favorite movie. I looked up that scene that vision has at the end with Ultron. And he says, I'm paraphrasing. He says to uh, Ultron, he goes, Humans somehow believe that chaos and order are opposites. They try to control what won't be. But there's beauty in their failings. And Ultron says pretty much like they're doomed people. You know that, right? And he goes, yeah. But a thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. And that right there, vision was already in my heart, you know? Um, and I'll bring up the other quote, the the big one from this whole series, oh, which yeah. everybody's talking about. <laughs> Vision's quote on grief. Yeah, I don't know why it took me this long to realize that either, because 
you know, Vision's talking to Wanda shortly after she joins the Avengers, and, um, you know, he's connecting with her. Both of them created to be weapons, so they have that. And he says, what is grief if not love persevering? And that hit me so hard when I saw that because I think we we feel that there are negative emotions in this world, right? When I'm not sure there are, right? Like every emotion we have has been has been built into us by however many years of evolution, you know, five, ten years of evolution, um, <laughs> you know, that these emotions are built into us for a reason. We just have to find healthy ways of expressing them. Mm-hmm. And grief is not a bad emotion. And I always feel guilty for feeling it because, you know, you want nothing more than to get over the death of a loved one as fast as you can so you don't have to feel that way anymore. But now when I feel grief, I'm just reminded it's because I still love that person that's gone and that I don't need to feel bad for feeling that grief. <laughs> but it's just a part of me. And that every time I'm sad for them, or said that I don't have them in my life anymore, it's because I still love them, and it's a little more comforting. And I hope that Paul Bettany never gets any allegations against him or anything <laughs> in the future. If he gets me too, I'll be so fucking mad. Um, hey, he, didn't, know, he didn't write the line, okay? So well, <laughs> That's true. He didn't write it. He, d- he just delivered it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I had actually, I read an interview where he said that line was a last-minute add-in. It wasn't originally in the script. Oh, interesting. Oh, man, you did so much more research than I did. No. <laughs> <laughs> you should be hosting this no, episode. No, I, I uh, couldn't host it. I couldn't host it. <laughs> I, I, but, man. I, I tend, like, I'll pick up things here and there that might not be relevant to... I go down rabbit holes when I'm researching for one thing, so I kind of just found that on the way. Hey, well, I'm, I'm glad you did, Alice. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, what... Uh, that 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 line that was the entire series for me that was my payoff i mean the superhero fight in the sky at the end was just a icing on the cake you know i was <laughs> i mean i guess cakes usually have icing it was a bonus it was icing on the icing of the cake guys <laughs> and funny that's not even the part that sticks out the most to me it's the overall just the overall story after watching it through the things that stick out are like when she's talking to her sons and she's saying, you know, when their dog dies. Um, and she's giving them advice on like, you know, don't jump forward in age. Don't run from your problems, you know. And I forgot the exact quote that she says about, you know. Yeah, and, and a reference to grief and you need to learn how to deal with it this is absolutely not even close to verbatim but that just like that essence of a she's telling them to do what she's not doing herself yet Ooh. so it's like little things like that that really yeah. stuck out to me um just their bond stuck out to me um and then you know probably like the biggest thing um that really like you know you hear things like when people can't handle trauma you know we talk about denial but we also talk about like escapism maladaptive coping skills dissociation and you know you know people will have this whole world and i don't know if maladaptive daydreaming fits into this but like you have like all those responses to trauma where somebody's kind of living in a different world because of it in their own head 
but because of her powers, you know, something that would be just like, um, I don't know if psycho psychological condition, but symptoms of like a trauma response that she literally manifested into reality. Like, and that's just pretty, I think that's pretty powerful and things like that really stood out to me. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, this is probably going to be a little strange. It's kind of a, a small part of the show, but, uh, yeah. my, my favorite scenes and, and moments were when, uh, we kind of focused on Monica a little bit and they showed everyone coming back from the snap from, from the Thanos snap. I thought, I thought the scene was, was shot really well. The, the intensity of it, the, the showing the hospital completely Ooh, overwhelmed yeah. and just seeing, you know, how somebody comes back and, and not knowing they were gone that whole time. And, you know, I, I'm uh, going to be pretty unpopular for this opinion, but I was kind of team Thanos when he did the snap because I, I definitely understood why he was doing it. You know, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like we talk about it all the time, the planet's dying, right? And and we're not doing anything to protect That's it. Completely over my head. That's fine. You're a flag smasher. That's fu- yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, in in uh, I believe yeah. it was in Infinity. No, it was in uh, Endgame that Captain America mentions. Oh, like I saw whales in the Hudson River, and you know, little little things showing that you know, uh, animal life and 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 the planet itself are kind of healing from the snap. And now you have all these people appearing again five years later. And, you know, what kind of trauma does that create? You know, for Monica, her, her mom was dead, right? She, she was just, yeah, she missed her mom dying and she's, she's like shocked, right? She doesn't even understand. She doesn't know she's been gone. And she missed she it. Thought, you know, she woke up from her nap and, and they're like, your mom died like two years ago or whatever it was. And, and I thought that was kind of, kind of wild. And, um, you know, my favorite TV show of all time is, uh, the leftovers, and they really dealt with the grief of a very similar situation in which people just mysteriously disappeared off the earth. I'm gonna cut so you off. So it was kind of, yeah, good. I knew it was important to you. I didn't know it was your favorite show of all time. I would have watched it sooner, dude. I'm sorry. That's why I kept pushing. It. I know you that's keep pushing. pushing it. Yeah, um, you know this, and also that's a way we communicate with each other. You know, if I love something, I'm gonna share it with you, and then we could both love it together. My, I, I knew you really liked the show. I didn't know it was that to you. I'm gonna watch leftovers yeah, sooner. Yeah. Sorry, but yeah. continue. That, that show yeah. that show hit the emotional chords that you're you're getting from from uh from WandaVision. So um yeah. So yeah. So but yeah, like you know, I just thought it was a really interesting concept. I wish they had explored that more, you know, in Endgame and in other yeah. Marvel properties. <laughs> so it was really cool to see that. Um, and, and just dealing with, you know, how people, how people react to that, you know, how, how, did, how does the, the world react to all these people suddenly appearing again? Um, and, and, you know, we've seen, we've seen that kind of playing out here. We, we even see it in the Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is now airing, airing, you know, so I thought that was a really, really great way to kind of explore that through Monica, uh, and her character, um, who, who was very, very strong through most of the series. Though I feel like she kind of got, uh, pushed to the side in the last episode or two, you know, I was kind of bummed to see like, you know, her arc kind of stall there, but, uh, you know, she, You're not she alone. was pretty interesting. And I again, that, that was kind of like the <laughs> moment that stood out to me. Dude, when she became Spectrum, I I lost it. I was like, what? Yeah, oh, here it was we awesome. go, you know? And, and unfortunately, yeah, she really did take a back seat in the last episode. And I know that, you know, they had to do what they had to do, but honestly, they went eight episodes telling a story. So 
give me you know the ninth episode doesn't have to be spectacle yeah yeah you know i don't same. need that i've seen that in the movies i've seen wanda do an incredible thing she you know she freaking fought thanos she you know she she uh saved black widow uh you know from thanos's uh hordes and stuff like you know she freaking she owned the vision you know, and once again, you know, well, not once again, uh, but I've said it before, an amazing line. I can't control how they see me, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, but like she's she's done all of that stuff and it was so cool to see her finally become the Scarlet Witch. But, you know, I totally would have been down for a bit more of a, you know, more of a philosophical thing. Luckily, the guys did that. The two women fucking beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> and the guys were like, let's settle this. <laughs> I, I mean, like, all right. it was vision confronting vision. <laughs> Right. It was it was the soul of vision confronting the body of vision. So it was, you know, there's a there's a lot to kind of dissect there. Even, you know, uh, the his his body, right, the, the white vision kind of realizing that, you know, this is who he was at one time and not being able to remember any of any of the things he experienced or feel them. And then, you know, the, the Wanda creative vision giving him those memories back. Uh, you know, because a, wow, a part yeah. of him lives inside Wanda, right? The, the part of the mind zone that holds, you know, a little piece of his soul. And, and that wakes something up in this this soulless husk to the point where he... Yeah, he unlocked it. Yeah. He unlocked all those yeah, memories he's, that he, were in the hardware. And now he's dissecting all that, right? And I don't know if he can even feel the emotions, but he knows he should. And I think that's, you know, kind of a... Uh, a pretty intense experience for for someone to suddenly be overwhelmed with those memories and and have to you know sift through that. That moment was one of my favorites. Also, he uh, you know when they did the ship of Theseus, which um, you know had been brought to me prior. I used to work at a Chinese restaurant with this huge anime fan, and he told me about the ship of Theseus argument while also describing uh, the Ghost in the Shell theory uh, series to me. So uh, you know, but um, honestly, by the time like. The person I am now, I don't have any of the original cells that I had when I was born. Like I have those memories and stuff, but like I and and but I don't I'm physically a different person. Those cells have have died and regenerated many times over. Trippy. So yeah, that, yeah. When you think about that, so that is the ship of Theseus argument. And if it stands true for us, then it's of course it stands true for Vision. Even more so because he actually has the physical body that he had when he was born. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, you know. But uh, you know, this isn't that's not necessarily a political thing or social thing. But I love that that moment. I was like, yeah. Um, and also, you know, progress. Let's see women beat the crap out of each other with magic instead of the guys doing it. Well, I think it also kind of kind of brings up the point of like, which the MCU has kind of hit on a lot with Vision is you know what what makes a living being. You know, what is a soul. And, you know, Vision is not necessarily flesh and blood, right? He wasn't born of a human, but, you know, you could argue that, like you said earlier, that he might be the most empathetic of all these characters, the most human of all. And, you know, what is his soul? Was it the Mind Stone? Was it his memories? You know, what, what, what makes him... Was it him... what Banner programmed? Was it Jarvis? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and so much... I think, I don't think he knows that. And that's... That's probably going to be something I hope they explore later on, right? He he does survive. He goes off to kind of figure this out. I hope they do kind of kind of maybe get through this, <laughs> or he'll just show up one day, and be like, "Hey, I'm Vision. I'm back." And it's like, "Oh, cool. He's here to fight." 
I defied myself. Imagine he shows up. Wanda's like, oh my God, Viz. And he's like, hey, nice to meet you again, Wanda. Here's my wife, Jennifer. Uh, here are <laughs> our children. <laughs> Imagine, dude. Like, he comes back living his best life, and she's like, oh no. That'd be terrible. Everyone runs because she hexes again. Um, did you ever read Tom King's vision? I did read Tom King's vision. Yeah. And for those of you who haven't, it I only read one trade. I didn't even read the whole run. Oh. I I loved it. Uh, it was it was incredible. It was very much, and I know this is a digression. Also, hopefully, we're not come you know coming in over runtime here. But uh, but my favorite part in that whole series is when one of Vision's kids, who he built by the way, is getting in trouble because someone was bullying him, and he just like uh, hit the kid's carotid artery, like pressed it and oh, knocked him out. Yeah, and he was like, I knocked. He's like, I just turned. Uh, hit. I I flipped his off switch, Dad. And Vision's <laughs> like, Oh shit, bro. Like yeah. that's not what you can do to humans. But the principal is giving Vision shit, and he's like, 862. The principal's like, What? And he's like, I've been with the Avengers for my entire life, and I've saved the world with them countless times. But there are 862 moments specifically in which I was the deciding factor between the destruction of the human race. So and he good. goes, you wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for one of those 862 moments I saved you. I was like, oh, damn, Vision. That's my favorite moment. That was, that that was a great moment. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's see. Is there anything we didn't we didn't touch on? Well, something we, no, I yeah. wanted to bring up that I thought was important because you know, uh, you know when Agatha, Agatha, I could speak Agatha, um, you know, kind of kidnapped her in her basement dungeon, witch cave, whatever you want to call it, and um, Ooh, witch cave. I like that. She has like an Xbox and a, <laughs> and a little mini bar. Well, I, I forgot what she referenced it to as, but her space and <laughs> she had her. I, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't she describe it when when um, Wanda realized she couldn't use her powers? It was because she said it was a given space, you know. But that's definitely like her dungeon. That's her base of operations. Uh, yeah. Operations. So Wanda wasn't able to use. Oh, she wasn't able to use her powers because I believe she said. Agatha said she cast... Only the witch who cast the runes. Cast the runes, yes. Yeah. Thank you for helping me on that one. Um, I got you. Anyway, so, you know, so she's now stuck with Agatha on this disturbing field trip through all of her traumas, um, which, you know, at least as a viewer, if you aren't familiar with her backstory, gives us the backstory, so I'm sure that's the purpose of that. Um, um you Honestly... That's more backstory than we pretty much ever got. Like, we've heard them talk about it a little bit, mm -hmm. but this was like, oh, so this is what, like, happened, happened. So, yeah, so this is like her It was a necessary um, way to get backstory in there. But what I, one of my favorite lines, and I hope I get it right, is when Agatha realizes she could no longer use her powers, it's because Wanda goes, thank you for the lesson but you don't get to tell me who I am. And she had learned from her to cast the runes. Just before that, um, she, you know, when, she, when Wanda, quote unquote, gives her the magic, you know, uh, yeah, she believes that she's one. And she says, oh, about that spell, it's broken. Once a spell is cast, it can't be fixed. It's broken, just like you. And yeah, Wanda says, I don't need you to tell me who I am. And I love that moment as well. That was, that was great. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up because I almost forgot. I almost forgot that part. I, I I wanted to mention it, and then I kept losing it, and then it kept coming back, and then I didn't want to interrupt. And I'm like, yes, I remembered. <laughs> no, I was just saying, you know, at the very end, right? Wanda kind of embraces who she is now, right? She mm -hmm. becomes a Scarlet Witch. Um, you know, this chaos magic. Uh, 
there there's some insidious undertones possibly to what she's capable of. You know, what do you, what do you both make of, you know, her where she's at at the end of the series? Well, I think she's definitely got some more introspection going on for the first time in a while. Um by the end of all of this and you know she's got these powers and I need to bring up something which Mike I know you really liked that scene after in the end after credits I love which is that relevant that is which is relevant that, yeah. to this yeah which is relevant to this because it's you know she's uh, and I, I forgot what the term was she was having the outer body um an astral projection also you. known as an outer body experience and, or an OB for short and she's studying that book so while she's kind of like, you know, she's outside, she's in her sweatpants, comfy clothes, having a cup of something, looking at the scenery and inside the Scarlet Witch is studying the book. So I think it's to be, to be, to be determined. At least she's learning about herself, I guess, so to speak, or the legend. Yeah, and I guess if you want to, you know, glean something, glean something from that for, for all of us in our everyday lives... You know, Wanda is not able to escape her trauma. She's not able to escape the terrible things that she's done. And I say that as somebody who has done terrible things. I've been manipulative. I've been narcissistic in the past. And um, for somebody who loves superheroes so much, I remember once somebody did tell me this. She said, uh, for somebody who loves superheroes so much, you don't act like any of them. And, you know, you could relate that to when Agatha tells Wanda, she says, heroes don't torture people. You know, you're not a hero. So um, I think that, you know, Wanda can't run from any of that. But what she can do is she can find a way to become her best self. Mm -hmm. And instead of running from her magic and running from what makes her her, uh, you know, she's now able to lean into it and be like, listen, this is magic. I am the Scarlet Witch. Let me learn everything I can. Not being said, she is learning it from the dark hold. Uh, mm -hmm. there, now, we learned in the Doctor Strange movie there are no forbidden books but like forbidden practices they're kind of vague on that uh and in the doctor strange movie we saw that he was able to do the same technique but his body wasn't conscious so um not from a social or political stance but just from a i can't wait to fucking see what happens i'm a comic book fan stance i can't wait to see what fucking happens <laughs> you know she is she's splitting both of her psyches or you know is it the fact that she is a nexus being and is a and is you know the scarlet witch is present throughout all realities you know, there, there's a lot going on there. Uh, so, but yeah, you know, let's say, let's just equate that, you know, to therapy. Like, mm -hmm. lean into what makes you you. Don't run away from the past. Find a way to dissect it. Find a way to to glean the best parts from it and use it to, you know, to make you, I don't want to say a better person because you're not bad now. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say a stronger person because you're not weak now. Mm -hmm. I just want, you know what, a more whole person, you know, because um. Because that's what we have to be. Even if you're in a relationship, that other person isn't supposed to be your your other half. They're supposed to complement you. You are both holes mm -hmm. to each other. Okay, I'm not I'm not depending on someone to fill in a hole in me. You know, I uh, I have to be the best person I can be, so that way we can be the best we can be together. Um, nice. So 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 I think I think that is you know that's what Wanda's doing, and I want to let everybody know that that scene inspired a T-shirt design that I did. It is not available on any site because Disney took it down. But if you want to email us at politipopcast at gmail .com, I will find a way to get a T-shirt sent out to you. It is a WandaVision T-shirt. It has a few uh, uh, has a few like different different nods to everything in the series. Uh, each of the commercial items that were that were presented representing. Um, different parts of Wanda's life in the episodes, uh, the different characters. It's got Monica Rambeau. It's got Agatha. It's got Billy and Tommy. It's got the Visions, and it has Darcy as well. 
and um and it also has uh has the runes so uh yeah. so yeah i'll have to model it for yeah. you so i Ooh, bought, should, I bought one i didn't <laughs> realize that and disney was uh not a fan of fan art no they're all over well that. if i'm making if i'm making money off of their fan art that's the thing but also um if you want to i mean say you know disney i'll tell you guys this Walt Disney was a fucking rat during the Red Scare, ratting out people who were who were unionizing, saying that they were communists. So fuck I him. I did not uh, know And he that. also might have been an yeah. He also might have been an anti-Semite. Uh, I don't have any evidence of that, but been. I've heard I've heard rumors. And why wouldn't he be? He was just a guy with a mustache who loved a mask. I mean, if so, you look at some of his um, early cartoons, he was probably a racist too. So there's. Let's oh, say, yeah, yeah. Let's just say Walt that, Disney probably you know, wasn't a great guy. But. but I'll say Marvel shouldn't care about stealing ideas because that's how they became who they were. Mm. Stan Lee taking Jack Kirby's ideas. Thanos <laughs> you know, is just dark you, side light. <laughs> yes, Thanos is just dark side light. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I was surprised. But anyway, so uh, so if you want to get it from me, um, they can't stop me from printing it on, my, on a T-shirt for myself because it's my art and then selling it to you so fuck them um <laughs> let the little guy let the little guy get a few bucks um but yeah so that was cool uh she's now you know coming into her own uh last thing i will say oh last thing i'm gonna say just as a fan i loved all the references they had to not only the movies but the comics the halloween episode was my favorite because they had the og costumes of these characters um, she- i'm not going to talk about the whole I'm I'm not going to talk about the whole quicksilver red herring because oh i was you know, i was going to say that was such bullshit <laughs> <laughs> for a dick joke they did all that for a boner joke like well what's funny uh, is boner was actually the name of a character on growing pains yeah and matt shackman was a child actor on growing pains they still so made they still the made a, they still made a joke about it though and, and maybe he was laughing because he was like oh boner just like from that guy in growing pains. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could even say it was a straight face <laughs> um i did want to talk my my last bit um it's not my last bit because I also wanted to bring up a little bit about the military industrial complex. But one of my last bits is going to be uh, Agatha's the hero, in my opinion. Really? Because she she brings out she saves everybody by by convincing uh, Wanda what she needs to do. Well, more so, Agatha was the one who started fucking with the hex. She started messing with the illusion, yeah. and and that's what started making Wanda have to either expand it or change it. You know, it was it was Agatha in episode. four five who did that whole oh do you want me to take that again you know she did that and made vision question wanda she played them against each other yeah she did it outside the house too when wanda was uh was inside with monica so like agatha is the one who pushed the hex and made wanda alter it and when wanda altered it she lost control over it and that's how these people that's how she was able to figure out what she was doing this whole time and that's how these people were able to get free so um, and Agatha, did she hurt any of the civilians in that town in Westview? I don't think no. she did, no. Agatha's the hero. Technically Sparky. She killed Sparky, too. She did kill well, Sparky. But was Sparky was, real? I don't know. That's a tough call. Oh, dude, do you want to get into that? Were any of them real? Was Vision real? Was Tommy and Billy real? <sighs> you know, that's a that's a whole other philosophical discussion. I mean, it is, but, right? It is. It's It, like, it, 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 honestly, whole, yeah. it honestly is. And even so, if you make those people, do you then are you then allowed to do anything you want to them or with them? Are you allowed to control when they live or die, like Wanda did? You know, that's a, that's a tough call. I get I get sad when I kill innocent people in video games. Yeah. So I'm not the person. I get to sad ask. when my Digimon Tamagotchi dies. So. Oh, uh, dude. Oh my god. Now that's the trauma. 
I don't like. That's what I, I should have brought I'm, up. I'm trying this new game on Switch, and I don't like it because I hate killing the monsters. There's Aww. definitely something wrong with me. <laughs> no, it, it means you're you're compassionate. That's what it means. Like we may feel yeah, like it's wrong yeah. to have these emotions, but that's because we've been told to. Like, and you know, going back to the very beginning of the episode, Antonio, you said men are taught to behave a certain way growing up, and women are taught a certain way to behave mm. growing up, and and the way that we're taught to behave is it's not to be emotional. It's that there's only like two emotions we're allowed to have. And the spectrum is so much wider than that. I've seen people that, the men specifically, that the only way they know how to react to things are anger, right? And when you think about it, think of like, you know, think of your MAGA folks, all right? Because it wouldn't be the Politipop podcast if we didn't bring that in. Um, but, uh, you know, think about like, oh, I'm angry at these immigrants, blah, blah, blah. No, you're afraid of them because you were told some misinformation about them. Mm. You're afraid. That's what you are. You don't know how to express your fear. You know, you can be sad about something and not know how to express that sadness. You know, all you know how to express is anger. And that's what we see all the time, right? We see men in all sorts of of shows and different media that all they are allowed to express is anger or, or, or you know, um, being stoic. That's it. But women, they're the ones who get emotional. They're the ones who get sad. But it's just that they are able to show their broad, the, the broad spectrum of their emotions. As a man, I should be able to talk to someone and say, you made me sad or what you did made me feel sad. Like, you know, I, I should be able to say that. I should be I should be able to have that that vocabulary, mm-hmm. you know, because otherwise, if you can't express your emotions, that's when they come out in toxic ways. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Ty, did you want to talk a little bit about the military-industrial complex? Because they definitely bring that up with S.W.O.R.D. and... You know, they, they kind of paint S.W.O.R.D. in a really bad light in this show. I think I think uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. got a little bit of a better representation throughout the MCU in terms of not always being evil, but... Uh, and even then, they were infiltrated by Nazis. Yeah, start, so, so like, it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a low bar. <laughs> you know, right off the bat, you know, Monica and, and her relationship with, with, uh, with Hayward, right? You know, her mom, I believe... Um, also work for them, right? Because because uh, her mom was best friends with Captain Marvel. Yeah, her mom uh, was the director, if not the founder of Sword. I should know more about that, but I was more into the Wanda story and quite revered. I thought I understood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that you know Hayward took over in the interim mm-hmm. uh, while while Monica's mom was gone. But like, but man, if that wasn't like nail on the head, right? Right, you know, right. He sees. You know, he sees Wanda and sees her as a terrorist, somebody who is radicalized, you know, while not knowing. And Jimmy Woo even says it. he's like, that's an oversimplification, but OK. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, like it's a, there's a lot more to that, you know, and just as Americans in general, we're told the narrative by the mainstream media of like, oh, you know, these terrorists did this thing. So automatically, when we refer to them, we refer to them as terrorists, right. not these people, these rebels. You know, rebels could be could go either way, right? You know, it yeah. doesn't have to be a good thing or a bad thing. But mm-hmm. by saying someone is a terrorist, you're already painting them, saying, "Oh, they're you know they're radicalized," blah blah blah. And that's you know that's he sees everyone. He sees Wanda as a, as a radicalized terrorist and as a weapon, and he sees Vision as a weapon. And well, yeah, his fir- so his first reaction is to bring in tanks and bombs and and guns and and you know kill her even. Even when, uh, you know, Darcy and, and Agent Wu were kind of begging him to take a different approach, you know, and, and Monica. Yeah, Jimmy like, Wu, the Well, fed. Monica said if, if she's the problem, she's the solution. Isn't that, isn't she the one that said that? Right, yeah. And, she, you know, she's she knows that she can connect with her. She was been mm-hmm. inside there. She, she understands, you know, that she can reason with Wanda. And he's like, well, fuck that. We're going to kill her. So, uh, you know, that's his first reaction. Yeah, and Monica felt the grief while she was inside, too, so she understood. She was literally Wanda's only ally, but nobody was listening to her. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, she, you know, she, um, she recognizes the grief and knows that what Wanda has done is not coming from a place of aggression. Mm-hmm. It's coming from a place of pain. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, his, I mean, the ultimate slap in the face, though, is, you know, he literally uses vision as a weapon, right? He was a living being who died to save the world, the universe, even. And he, he basically revives his corpse and uses it to go in and try and kill them. You know, and, and it's just like he, he has no empathy for anyone. Mm-hmm. No, and that's be and like that is the military industrial complex right there. And that's the U.S. government right there. Yeah. You know, they they see everything as far as numbers or weapons. You know, how much money can this make me or what can I you know, how can I use this thing to kill people? And then once you're not useful for that anymore, what do they do? They send you home. And they don't help you, right? How many veterans don't get the, the help that they need because they're no longer useful to the military? Yeah, they serve their country and they kind of just let them hang in the wind after that. For those of you who aren't aware, from its inception, the United States military has has been all about sending poor people to fight for the interests of rich people. Uh, you can always buy your way out of, of service if you have enough money. Um, you know, the fortunate son himself, you know, Cadet Bone Spurs, uh-huh. our previous president, you know, who used the, the song Fortunate Son, I believe at one point, you know, not realizing that it was about <laughs> him and people like him. Which is hilarious. You know, oh <laughs> it, it really is, you know. Um, but like, yeah, since, since its inception, the United States military has been has been for that specifically. You believe it. I'm, I'm going. I'm fighting for my country. I'm protecting people. You. What are you protecting? My rights are not in danger in another country. You know, if someone gets boots on the ground in, you know, on Long Island, you know, of of another foreign country says, like, we're here to take your rights. Show me where all your rights are and I'll take them or whatever. Like, you know, it it just doesn't make sense when you really break it down. It is poor people being being led into this this trap of patriotism and this and this, you know, this veil of like, oh, what I'm doing is helping people and stuff. You know, meanwhile, you are getting at it straight out of high school and putting your life on the line for a senator who couldn't give a fuck about you. Yep. You know, for people who just want money, who just want oil, and and they and they they really couldn't care less. So, you know, and that is, you know, that is Hayward to a T. He says instead of bringing the vision back to life, bring him online. You know, when when Wanda wants to bury him, he says we can't put 3 million dollars worth of vibranium in the ground, which by the way, Three million dollars is definitely not a lot of money for the military. No. You know, that's like, you know, that's, you know, that's 10 Syrian kids dead. You know, that's like, uh, you know, that's nothing. They spend trillions. Um, right? like- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tr- yeah. Trillions on drone strikes and everything else. But uh, but yeah, I really I, I did like how they threw that in there. Yeah. Um, and it's Monica you know, who ultimately makes a very selfless decision, right, to go back into, uh, you know, Wanda's world and and try and save her before hayward you know makes things worse and you know ultimately you know again just a person acting on their own against the military because they they refuse to help Mm-hmm. Yes, a woman of color that everyone refuses to listen to. Yep. Also, you know, same Jimmy Woo, person of color that everyone refuses to listen to, and Darcy, Cat Dennings, qualified. Uh, yes, Cat Dennings, a very qualified and and um, you know, intelligent and capable woman that they wouldn't have even known about the hex if it weren't for her. Mm-hmm. They bring these brains on and then don't want to listen to them. They just want to shoot at everything. You know, oh, Wanda's incredibly dangerous. Let's piss her off more. It f- fucking doesn't make any sense. Um, I know that the show's not real, but this stuff is <laughs> that is very real. So, so that's well, why I get so. You know, fiction about it. fiction emulates real life. 
Indeed, and that's why this whole podcast exists. Because if if a person puts finger to keyboard and types something, all of that person's biases and experiences are going into the keyboard and and coming out on the page. So, whether you want to believe it or not, you know, um, you know, and that's been a big thing Ty and I have been talking about too. Like, I don't see how anybody can be a comic book fan and not and not realize that they are about politics, like, and social issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Po- thank you. Yeah, that's more accurate. Um. You know, even though I don't, I, I haven't watched everything and, you know, I, I don't necessarily follow one movie franchise over another or characters and I see things here or there, even without even seeing them all disconnected, um, even something like Lord of the Rings, too, you know, you see the commentaries throughout the fantasy, throughout the oh, comics. Yeah. It's hard to not see it and go, oh, that makes me think of this or that event or uh, you know how people are treated by a government or i could go on and on and on um but no you're you're absolutely right though yeah especially you know lord of the rings was all about tolkien's experiences going into world war one and about industrialization and stuff and anyone who is a fantasy fan or a sci-fi fan or a comic book fan who doesn't want to acknowledge these things you are remaining willingly uh willfully blind yeah. you know the captain america punching hitler on the cover on his first comic book cover was done before we even went to war with germany amazing like it was comic book creators who made that choice and those comic book creators we mentioned it in the spider-verse episode were jewish men who you know <laughs> who changed their names to escape persecution and they took ev- their experiences and put them into these characters who were leading double lives and well, just remember, there's, there's good people on both sides, right? There are <laughs> good, good people set. on both sides, everybody, right? Yeah, you know. Don't put politics in my comic books. You got to be kidding me, bro. Like, Or don't, don't put it in my sci-fi. Every sci-fi movie up to Kong vs. Godzilla, which just, you know, which I was just watching earlier, is all about the evil corporation that values profits over people. You know, Will and Yutani from the Aliens. Yeah, you literally wouldn't have any of this stuff without that. Yeah, you've you know? got Star Wars... You've got Star Trek has their own version. It's a very different political stance, uh, but they've I mean, got socialist a, utopia. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they they it's it's infused in anything I've ever watched. Yeah, it, it, I mean, and you just gotta like I say at the end of every episode, people. I'm not saying it just to say it. You have to read between the lines, you know. Because on another on another hand. Entertainment, while it's there and it's great to help us escape, you know, but every once in a while we got to come out of a hex. Entertainment is also there to keep us docile to an extent, mm-hmm. you know, so you have to be be reading between the lines and seeing what people are saying. And when you do, you'll find that all of your favorite creators, except for J.K. Rowling um, and Nicholas Sparks, were, were, were freaking communists. Like that, like that was their deal, you know. They're all about the little guy over the big guy fighting, you know, for the people over corporations. Like, come on. Uh, but yeah, Agatha's the hero. Uh, Sword are a bunch of fucking, you know, uh, military, industrial, fucking imperialist fucking shills. Um, Monica, can't wait. You know, she can go to space and leave them behind now. You know, that's uh, man, I feel like I, I think I've said everything I needed to say. And uh, I feel good for it personally. What about what about uh, you two, Ty? Do you have any any final thoughts? No, I think we covered what I wanted to cover. 
All right, Antonia, what yeah, about yourself? I, I would say I would say the, the biggies recovered and just something that came to mind too related to what you just said, um, something that I usually say to people is sometimes the only way to tell the truth is through fiction. Yeah. That's beautiful. That is I you know, and I'm not gonna I don't know where I don't know if I if that was an original idea, I don't know if I got it from somewhere, but it's usually when people talk about, oh, but that's fiction and I'm like, well, you know, depending on the world and what's going on, um, sometimes you can't tell the truth without severe consequence, whether, you know, what you're saying is right or wrong. Um, you know, if the world at large doesn't want to hear it, you're going to get squashed in one way, shape or form. So sometimes the only way to tell the truth or get a point across is fiction. So that's why I think that's important to mention. As V said in V for Vendetta, Artists use lies to tell the truth while politicians use them to cover the truth up. Ah, uh, I like oh, that wait, no. one. Evie says that in V for Vendetta. My bad. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. Uh, wow. Antonia, thank you so much for being on and letting me talk over you this whole time. Oh, no really... problem. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. It was fun. You know. <laughs> of course. Well, thanks for having me. It was enjoyable. I, you know, I stopped doing my... Um, radio show so you know it was kind of fun to do something somewhat related yeah, you know get back into the get back into the swing of things broadcast a little bit you know what well, I, mean? I think eventually when i when i i well you know with everything that's going on once i feel like i've gotten my head together i i definitely want to do a podcast again well i can tell you you are making the right decision as somebody who this past year has become uh you know a a freelance digital artist and a podcaster and also voice actor and actor um, and husband, <laughs> don't overfill your plate, people, before you take care of yourself. Because, you know, you know what? And I just came. This just came to me now. So I'm glad we talked it out. This did more than my 45 minute therapy session before did. <laughs> if you really care about your passions and these projects, and you want to put everything you can into them, you, you know, obviously practice them and stuff. But be your best self. You know. So that way you can put everything you can into it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, use your art to, you know, uh, to, to keep yourself calm and grounded and stuff. But like, you know, before you start going, everyone buy my art. And then you're pressuring yourself to meet deadlines and stuff. Just make sure that you are the best you can be. Ty, I, know, I don't think we actually talked about this. Uh, what are we reviewing next week? Punk Rock Jesus. All right, that's right. We are going to be reviewing Punk Rock Jesus. We may have a guest. We may not. We'll see how it goes. Uh, folks, I've um, I I've mentioned it before, and I'm going to mention it again. Uh, I'm really more concerned about the listeners of the podcast than, than like, you know, getting ad money and stuff and let make sure, making sure a million people hear it. I'm more concerned about staying true to us than, you know, killing ourselves to you know, to get the thing out there and stuff. Uh, you know, that being said, uh, we may have guests on in the future. We may not, depending on just what's feasible uh, on the production side of it. Uh, but yes, Punk Rock Jesus is an amazing graphic novel written and illustrated by Sean Gordon Murphy. And uh, it... Well, yeah. look it up yourself, yeah. because we'll go over the plot next time anyway. Yeah, you know? it's a personal favorite of yeah. ours, I think. Uh, and... Uh, just in time for, for Easter. <laughs> Just in time for Easter, folks. That's right. Uh, Antonia, thanks again for being on the podcast. Do you want anyone to follow you on social media? Or are you good? Um, 
good for now. I'm kind of laying low with what I'm posting. Um, kind of slowed down until I have more of a focus of what I'm posting. So thank you anyway for asking. And remember, folks, if you want to find us on YouTube, you can. If you want to find us on Twitter, we're at PolitipopPod. Instagram at PolitipopPodcast. You can email us at PolitipopCast at gmail.com for those sweet WandaVision shirts, completely original design. And you can find our show notes and sources at PolitipopPodcast.wordpress.com. Special thanks to all of our listeners, all of you out there, and to Antonia Cava for logo design and for also being on this episode uh, for the Politipop Podcast. I have been Mike Booch. I have been Ty. And I'm Antonia Hava. And remember, no matter what you're watching, what you're reading, what you're listening to, no matter what you're using to escape reality for a little bit of time so that way you can maintain your own sense of uh, health and groundedness, never stop thinking, never stop learning, and always remember to read between the lines. And scene. All right. I'm assuming I could stop recording at this point. <laughs>